into Canadian Patriot Radio. Today is August 5th, 2021, and I am your host, Critch. We are going to open today with uh, the BC Health Authorities uh, breaching the privacy of thousands of unvaccinated BC residents. Now, this is just something else. Uh, the audacity of these all these public elected public employees, remember, don't give them any power, do not call them officials. They are not. They are elected employees by us. They work for us. They are nothing more than that. Um, this article comes to us by way of True North, and the title is pretty much what I read to you, is BC Health Authorities Breach Privacy of Thousands of Unvaccinated BC Residents. This is by Caitlin Rose Mongante. Uh, it was written July 30th, 2021. The Interior Health Authority, IHA, has violated the privacy of more than 100,000 British Columbia residents. The IHA targeted unvaccinated individuals and sent letters that displayed recipients' vaccination status outside of the envelope. The personal health information has now been compromised without the recipient's consent. Many unvaccinated citizens have complained about the letters. Leader of the BC Libertarian Party, Keith McIntyre was one of the recipients of the IHA letter and expressed concern. Worried that the privacy breach could lead to personal conflicts, McIntyre said the vaccination status should, shouldn't be emblazoned on the front of the envelope. The letters were written by the provincial health officer or officer of BC, Dr. Bonnie Henry. In the letter, she tells recipients that the interior health staff are saving a vaccine for you. I'm hoping we can count on you. The IHA told Castanet Media that they worked with provincial partners to send letters to postal codes in communities with lower vaccination rates. The intent of the letter was to inform el eligible people that the, first, that the first and second doses of the vaccines are available to them. Despite the vaccination status being clearly visible on the outside of the envelopes, IHA claimed that the receipt of a letter in no way indicates a person's immunization status. As we recognize that some recipients will have already received their first or second dose prior to receiving the letter, or may not be able to be immunized for medical or other reasons. This isn't the first time that BC residents Personal health, personal health information has been compromised during the COVID-19 pandemic. In June 2021, the BC government posted a tweet that asked citizens to disclose the names of their unvaccinated friends and family publicly. There are consequences for people who do not get immunized, said Henry at a BC COVID-19 update on July 27, 2021. One consequence may be segregation based on vaccination status. As it stands, BC and the federal government have said vaccine passports will not be mandatory to access public services. However, Henry appears to support businesses in stating vaccine requirements for customers. If I was running a nightclub, I'd want to make sure my staff are protected. And yes, you can absolutely say, to come here, you have to be immunized, Henry said. <clears throat> so that's the end of that opening article, and it's... Uh, <clears throat> 
it's just where where does uh, medical discrimination start kicking in here? Because realistically, that's exactly what this is. Um, you know, like this Bonnie Henry is is obviously she's a globalist. She's probably paid off, or she's just straight up fascist, and this is the way she thinks. But this is just not uh, normal thinking for anybody that um, respects freedom and the liberty of citizens of Canadian citizens. Like, listen to that. One consequence may be segregation based on vaccination status. There are consequences for people who are not immunized, said Henry. Like, so at what point, you know, when does she get slapped with a medical discrimination lawsuit? Because that's that's what should be coming uh, down the pike for all of these um, elected employees. All the people that were promoting this and... Uh, and uh, basically promoting segregation uh, based on medical status um, need to be slapped with lawsuits. Not now, you know, I'm learning for a little bit from watching what's going on in the U.S. Um, the lawsuits that are going to actually make a difference are actual personal lawsuits, like not going after the government per se, but actually going after each individual person responsible for decisions made that uh, infringed upon um, your medical rights or your right to privacy. Um, so Bonnie Henry would be, I would say in BC would be, uh, the first person that should get slapped with a lawsuit, you know, not necessarily the government. And so like what I'm getting at there is if you start picking off these globalists one by one, uh, with lawsuits that start tying them up in court, uh, that could seriously F them over, uh, if they lose, um, you know, medical discrimination is no different than racism or anything else. So if you can actually prove that in a court of law, that uh, elected employees are medically discriminating against Canadian citizens, which you could. This is exactly what this is. Uh, if the courts were fair and just, now there's the question mark. <laughs> How corrupted are our courts in Canada? Uh, we know from looking at um, what happened with the climate uh, challenges that the provinces were putting forward to the federal government, we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that our Supreme Court is 100% compromised. There, I think it was, what, 6-3 um, was the vote, uh, basically to override the provincial challenges to the climate, the forced climate tax upon them. And then not only that, but we have Chief Justice Wagner coming out and telling and giving a, a whole written... Uh, a, he gives us an essay on how... And it was just basically word for word um almost paris climate accord rhetoric like the guy is just 100 percent bought into climate change which is just i don't even want to get into it in the pre-show because that's a whole different conversation but anybody that has done the math on uh, carbon sequestering in canada is fully aware that we are actually carbon negative so a climate tax in canada is absolutely pointless but anyway getting back to the original point um, you know, watching the Americans and what, what, uh, the brilliant people south of the line are doing is they're starting to single out people to, um, to sue themselves personally, people that are taking lead roles a among our elected employees should be the people slapped with these lawsuits. And it shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be the government per se, because going up against the government, you're going to how, you know, they've got limitless cash. Uh, they've got all the best lawyers on retainer. Why not go after each individual? Now, the government would probably stand in for them, but it would be a personal charge against each person, right? So that's, you know, I, I, I don't think we have any choice. I think we have to ta start taking these challenges to, to the courts, um, which is kind of the theme of the show. There was some great news that came out of Alberta. It's not quite what um, the headlines are making it to be, uh, but we are going to cover the Pat King um, revelation in Alberta. And uh, we will add our commentary to that. Um, so with that being said, I guess we better get this show going. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight.
At CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command. All right, welcome back, everybody. Now, I'm sure most of you have probably seen the Pat King uh, interview with Stu Peters, but we are going to play the entire thing on the show just in case uh, some of the listeners haven't heard it uh, at this point. And then uh, we're going to get into a response by Ezra Levent um, from Rebel News. He, he summed it up perfectly. Um, I guess the reason I kind of tip a little bit more towards Ezra than um, you know what the guys are saying on, <clears throat> on the Stu Peters show is simply because we got to be a little bit cautious here. We can't get overzealous. Um, it's a huge win on Pat's behalf. Uh, good on him. But we really, you know, we're learning that the mainstream media, the government, um, they're just going to pretend this didn't happen. Um, that's the big thing that I'd like to really kind of point out. Um, we've seen huge wins in court before uh, when it comes to these cases. And until we see a massive class action, um, that's like we were talking about in the pre-show that starts taking down individual uh, elected employees, uh, we aren't going to see much for changes. Like they're just going to, they've got the mainstream media. They've got the, the, uh, fourth column, basically the unelected column that will just pretend it didn't happen. And they're just going to keep marching forward. So will this stop lockdowns and, uh, masking and everything in Alberta? Well, it's definitely a start. Uh, but it, I don't think it's quite going to have the effect that, um, the guys are thinking on the show. We'll get into the, uh, response by Ezra Levent after, but, uh, keep in mind, this is a fairly long clip. It's about 17 minutes long and we're going to play it in its entirety, uh, because don't let me strip any, um, good away from this. This is a huge win for everybody against, um, the lockdown measures and everything like that. But it's just, it's, it's just a, a stone. We got to build the wall. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get to Stu Peters and Pat King. Well, we are happy to break news out of Canada that the Daily Mail will not touch. None of the mainstream media is going to touch this. These propagandists are going to hide this from you because this is encouraging to freedom fighters, patriots who want to take matters into their own hands and stand up against this tyrannical, overreaching system of mandates that forces you to muzzle yourself with an ineffective face diaper, uh, socially distance away from your family, stop giving hugs, not visiting grandma, masking up your kids in school for 10 hours a day, possibly while you're exercising. It's all ridiculous. But breaking out of Alberta today, mandatory masking is coming to an end. Kids will not be masking when they return to school. Mandatory quarantine will be ending contract, uh, contact tracing, testing for mild symptoms. It's all done. They will now be recognizing COVID as a mild flu and treating it as such. Freedom has won in Alberta, proving that fighting does work. Joining us now is Patrick King, a devoted father of two, a proud Canadian. You were fined 1200 bucks for violating the COVID-19 Public Health Act for being in a group larger than 10, which I'm assuming is what lit the fire inside of you. And it appears that you, sir, were a part of the efforts that we can now celebrate today. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, Stu. Um, yeah, on December 5th, we held a rally. So in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, we have been known as the only city in Canada to hold the longest rally against all these government mandates that they've been putting in um, with regards to even our industries. Uh, I started back about four years ago. Um, I'm an oil and gas worker, have been for over 17 years. I also hold a degree in occupational health and safety and environment. And when they started to attack our industry out here, I started getting a little bit more vocal. So we've held rallies on our streets with with regards to oil and gas and these, this government that we have for over three and a half years. And on December fifth, we are celebrating our um, our two hundredth week of being on the corner on a Saturday morning protesting. And on that particular day, COVID um, mandates were implemented and 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 they were going on for the last little while. And I was obviously targeted because of my voice, and I know this, and it's in the transcripts in the court. Um, I was targeted and, and I received a ticket of $1,200. So I waited for my time in court. I ended up getting it on May the 4th, finally, and I went into court and I produced some information that I needed to request in order to put up a good plausible defense. 
and my, my, my material that I requested was the isolation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and I wanted it isolated and not in a, in a, in a lab setting or in a PCR test because we know the PCR tests, they're overspun. We know we're not stupid people. Right. We know we research, we look. Yes. So in doing that, they kind of shut me out of the court. I was supposed to be in court on May the 18th. All of a sudden I get, once I deliver all of this and I get told as a self-representative, I can, the, the judge has to advocate for me and steer me in the right direction. At which time she allowed me to subpoena Dina Hinshaw, who is our chief medical officer of health for Alberta, who basically what my defense was to be was I needed proof that you have isolated the SARS-CoV-2 virus and that, therefore, the science would give you the backing for your public health act. Which in plain and simple terms means prove to me that a pandemic exists. Prove to me that we're all going to die. Prove to me that this thing is raging out of control and that people are dying from this thing. 100%. And if they did that, then I would be no problem. I would say, okay, you're right. You've got this. I'll put this mask on. Well, as soon as I subpoenaed her, I got, a, I got an officer shows up at my door three days later. He says, Mr. King, I need your address. I said, oh, you mean the address you're at right now? You that address? Yeah, well, I need your email address. And I said, well, that the same email address that's on all my correspondence with you guys and all this stuff? You already have it. Well, I need your telephone number. I said, you mean the telephone number that you call me on all the time? And he's kind of looking dumb. And he says, well, I'm just here to tell you that your court case has been canceled. I was like, this can't happen. You can't cancel my court case. And he kind of snickered. Well, I ended up calling the, the courthouse, got it rescheduled, and upon the rescheduling, I got it in. And next thing I know, I'm being subpoenaed by Dina Hinshaw's lawyers now on a Sunday morning at 11.53 in the morning. I timestamped process server serving me this. In less than 24 hours, I had to be in behind closed chambers with Dina Hinshaw's lawyers and the judges. And I'm like, okay, well, this is odd. This is what's called a procedural violation. You cannot serve as somebody a subpoena less than 24 hours before court. And I knew they were up to something dirty. When I got the subpoena, we went into court. I get into court the next day. I call procedural violation 100%. They said, yes, it's a procedural violation. I said, okay, Your Honor, well, let's adjourn it to Wednesday. And this would have been um, uh, June, or sorry, July 24th. And I would have been in court. And she says, no, we can't. I said, Your Honor, this is a procedural violation. And well, when that happened, Dina Hinshaw's lawyer spoke up and she said, well, Your Honor, Mr. King is requesting evidence that we cannot give. And I was kind of like, what? And I, I sent you a screenshot of it. And in the screenshot, it says, the Chief Medical Officer of Health has no material evidence to provide Mr. King for his defense which basically means everything that I requested in Schedule A, which is the isolation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, that needs to be 100% isolated in order to base your scientific facts on these public health acts. You don't have material evidence for this. And they said, no. And I, I had to reiterate again to the lawyer or to the judge. I said, your honor, just for the record, I want it to be on the record, duly noted that the Chief Medical Officer Health of Alberta does not have material evidence I request. She says, yes, Mr. King, they did say that. Perfect. I lose the subpoena on Dina Hinshaw. That's okay. Because what had happened is a procedural violation. Now, what they've done is the court system actually bamboozled me and sent me in the wrong direction, which is a violation of my rights as a Canadian citizen. I go in on the 24th, and I couldn't believe it. There are attorney general prosecutors from Ottawa in the courtroom. And now my statement says, no longer does it say Dina Hinshaw versus Patrick King. It states the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen versus Patrick King. So now, where's my accuser? If the Queen is my accuser, I get to address my accuser. Well, lo and behold, they find out that everything I did is absolutely phenomenal. They can't believe it. I remember, I'll still remember the look on the faces. So I reiterated again. The Chief Medical Officer of Health of Alberta, Ms. Dina Hinshaw, and AHS and the Alberta Provincial Government do not have the material evidence I request for the isolation of SARS-CoV-2. And when the judge said that, these two stenographers, or a stenographer and a clerk just went like this. Yeah. And their jaws dropped to the floor. Yeah, they must have looked at like, the judge like, what, are we supposed to type this? <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you really want this on the record? I mean, this is, yeah, and, this is amazing stuff. And it's so simple 
When you think about it, this is so simple. You have essentially taught the world exactly what they need to do to liberate themselves. I mean, that's right. But there, the problem lies, and of course, we're going to have to battle uphill because we have a compromised judiciary, a corrupt judiciary. You have to get before a judge that's actually going to rule impartially. Yep. But okay, well, the so problem take, take with us this through the rest of this because you got to finish your story. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so what happens now is. And, and in my closing remarks, I told the judge, I said, to, the, to your honor, I said, thank you very much. And I looked at the Crown Prosecutor and I said, thank you very much. And to the attorney generals that decided to come in the room for a $1,200 ticket, I got Ottawa listening now. Thank you to each and every one of you because you taught me everything I need to know to be the loudest proactive advocate for everybody across Canada, let alone North America, and the world because now we know exactly what you guys are doing to us we have it on record we have the proof and you know what i get these transcripts this afternoon i wish i would have had them before you called me this morning because then i would have shown been able to provide it to you and hopefully maybe we can do a a, a sequel to this yes. when i have it all but in the transcripts i stated and i know they're shaking in their boots so when i said i'm going to start teaching people exactly what they need to do because we were that close they got me on a judicial what's called a jurisdictional challenge which the judge advocated for me to subpoena Dina Hinshaw because she has to. But what she didn't do was tell me the appropriate direction to go to. So I used the justice of the peace who signed the, uh, the subpoena. Well, it's a judge who needs to sign the subpoena, not a justice of the peace. So they got me on the jurisdictional challenge, but they also violated my rights in doing so. So now there's a process that we're going to go through and hopefully I can't divulge too much more, but now what I can do is, with all these transcripts to everybody else. And they made a point in my court case, the Rook versus Alberta case, where they've summoned everybody that, who had violated any of these COVID rules. They're waiting on the determination of thousands and thousands of tickets and, and uh, summonses. And the results of those will come. Well, what we did was we laid the foundation for everybody's court case now. So everybody's court case will go exactly the way I am. And what they need to do, and everybody needs to do, is you need to challenge the Public Health Act in your provinces, in your states, uh, in, in your in your wherever you are. You file a, a, um, a challenge against these health acts, and that way the judge has no, no uh, recourse. She has to subpoena the, the government officials that are responsible for this. So now we're going to get them all on the stand. I mean, I don't think that people, I, I just want to make sure that everybody understands the magnitude of this. <laughs> this isn't yes. about a $1,200 fine or a ticket. This isn't about a thousand of them. This yeah. is about ending COVID. Seriously, the narrative is dead. The virus has never been isolated. It doesn't Never. exist. You can't nope. prove its existence. Therefore, you cannot force me to do anything in the name of something that is non-existent. That's no right. Vaccine, and in the transcripts, no vaccine, they tell me. no vaccine, no vaccine, and no vaccine, because it's not a vaccine anyways. No mask, no social distance, uh, no nope. limiting in, uh, the gathering sizes. My kids should be able to return to school. Everybody is hugging again. My small yep. business can reopen now. Uh, all of these things, that is the magnitude of this. It's so, it's so empowering to know that we got it on the record because what they said right after was the science doesn't matter. And in the top of the Alberta Public Health Act, it says, I, Dina Hinshaw, uh, formulate this public health act under the COVID-19 pandemic. That means you would have had to have the proof and the science in order to write that public health act for the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, now, I'm sorry, you messed up. You wrote and said in on the record in the court of law that you don't have the material evidence. And when I said that, they said, well, the science doesn't matter. I said, oh, no, the science has to matter. This isn't about your public opinion. This isn't about your personal preference. That's right. I don't care who's pulling your strings and telling you you have to do this. but you know when they put their name, I, Dina Hinshaw, that was a setup because when this goes down, she's going to be, she's going to get the bus. And that's why they do this because they knew this whole time 
that this was never isolated. They know what they're doing. They know what the part of this scheme is. And I don't know the background of your show, how far I can go into this, but it all comes down to the result of this one world organization that wants to make sure that they have power over everybody across the globe. Complete so they're unfortunately attempting to bankrupt our country under the guise of a false pandemic. That's right. And everybody's just bah, following along like a sheep. You have no under like to the viewers, the implications of this and the repercussions of what are going to happen from this are absolutely devastating. The world, you know, it right now will not exist. And that is what they're attempting to do. We are attempting to stop this under professional literature and professional um, like um, presentations. When we do this, we are, I'm just an average Joe, but I do know enough that I know there's something wrong. And if I don't do something, who am I? Who, who, what does that make me? If That's I right. just stand back and let it happen. Especially so, being a father of two kids that you would lay down on railroad tracks without even thinking. Uh, there's something the else to that too. Yeah. My oldest son, who's 17 years old, got the vax. He's double vaxxed. Ah. And it killed me. And I tried to fight him on it. And I tried to just wait. I got them in court. Now, if my son goes down, you ain't going to see me in court of law. You're going to see me on the streets with every other parent, with every other loved one, with every other person out there. And we're going to start to make this shake. We're going to shake the house because they are about to take all our families away. They've already taken our livelihoods. They've already taken our rights away. They're trying to censor everything that we say. I'm believe it or not, Stu, I am the, I, I would have to say I'm one of, if not the most censored Canadian out there right now. I cannot have Facebook. I cannot even use Google. They were they're not giving me any ways or any means to get my information out to people. They're blocking me in every single way. And when they start doing that, you know you're on to them. You know you're doing the exactly you're doing the right thing. So with my son being vaxxed, I get it. He's he's got an opportunity to go to Tokyo for for, for uh, university, to aerospace engineering university. He's a smart kid. So I get why he did it. But there are millions of kids out there. There are millions of adults out there that are under the same guise that they needed to get this because it was, you know, in order to travel. That is absolute false. And everything that they're trying to put in, look at Australia. There's police officers attacking people on the streets and sticking needles in their arms. Yeah. There's military presence going to communities. I highly recommend that everybody out there start following what's going on because it's in every country this is going to start to happen. And it's the end game. And unfortunately... We're a little bit behind the eight ball right now, but we're still moving in the right direction. And I know, I know what we're doing is about to blow up. Now you've got Alberta saying no mask mandates. Now you've got them retracting everything they said. Kids are going to school with no masks on, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. They're, they pulled the pin, but we've already said it and it's, we will get them and then they will make it look like it's their idea. I gotta leave it right there. I'm running up against a hard break, but uh, Patrick King, man, absolutely incredible stuff. When you get those documents that you want released together, we are not the mainstream media, but our audience is much bigger than theirs. They hate that, I love by it. the way. Uh, ranked number three, by the way, in America, this little Stu Peters show that the mainstream media <laughs> loves to hate. We will post all of those documents at stupeters.tv. Fighting back is what it's all about. You have done that. And speaking of which, here in the United States, I have received so many countless emails. Hey, my job is going to make me uh, get this thing. They're going to—they're threatening to fire me. All of this stuff. Guess what? That is not legal for them to do. America's frontline doctors' legal director is up next on the Stu Peter Show. Go nowhere. Okay, so there's a lot of takeaways in in all of that. Um, I'm not 100% sure on what the government of Alberta's response was. You heard the guys say that this ends the mask mandate, it stops quarantines, so on and so forth. That's the part that's a little bit I'm not sure. Now, I'm not take, trying to take anything away from Pat King of great victory. Way to go, man. Like the rest of us, um, you know, that have fines, that are watching all this stuff go down, know exactly the roadmap now to follow. So that's the key takeaways. Look at how they did it. Um, they subpoenaed Dina Hinshaw. Uh, they wanted evidence of um, the uh, existence of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, the government was unable to provide. Therefore, his court case was basically thrown out. Uh, Pat King took it a step further and, you know, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm getting my day in court. But for those of you that have these pending charges, um, <clears throat> myself included, um, 
this is a roadmap and just getting it thrown out. If you just want to get this stuff, this monkey off your back, right there is how you do it. Now, either you're going to go with a lawyer or you're going to do it by yourself. I would recommend you keep this clip uh, this, this, and, and do it, everything like Pat King told you. Um, so if you just want to go that way, um, don't forget though, there's, it opens the door to other legal challenges in the sense that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not legal. What they're doing is not legal. So the more the people that want to f- actually take this, the distance, the better off we all are. So what I want to do now is just kind of get into, um, a response to this, um, Ezra Levant is, is actually a lawyer, so he had a really good response. So I don't want us to get too overzealous, I guess, I guess is my point. I don't want to see us, uh, you know, take this and run and think, okay, that's it. I'm not going to, I, I, I can't, I don't have to obey anything. Not that you realistically have to. I just don't want to see people getting a whole bunch of more fines uh, based on this when we still have a, a, you know, this is an uphill battle that we're still fighting. So keep that in mind. So we will uh, refer to Ezra Levin's comments here. Okay, this comes to us by way of Rebel News, and uh, it was written August 4th. And the title reads, Patrick King's homemade legal defense in an Alberta court case did not cancel the provincial lockdown. Uh, Ezra, let me say this. I don't know what Patrick King was charged with. It sounds like he was charged with being at an illegal gathering. Sounds like he got a subpoena for Dina Hinshaw, the public health officer to show up with her documents about the virus. And it looks like the government applied to quash that subpoena. That is to have it thrown out. And from listening to the video, it sounds like they were successful. It looks like Patrick King is putting great importance on the statement from the attorney general. The chief medical officer has no material evidence. So let me explain as a former lawyer, what this means. Patrick King says that this means that Dina Hinshaw, the CMAOH chief medical chief medical officer of health has no evidence about the virus. And I don't think that's what is written here. I think this means that the government position is that Dina Hinshaw, the chief medical officer of health has no material evidence to the proceedings in provincial court. It sounds like Patrick King tried to challenge the basis for the law and didn't get very far. It sounds like there was a procedural reason for that. And it sounds like the case against him was dropped. That headline on there goes further, ending masks, shots, quarantine in Alberta. Now, I know that didn't happen. There is no court order, no court ruling in Alberta that struck down masking, testing, uh, quarantine in the province. So I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to strip anything away from Pat King. What I'm trying to do is just be real about the situation. Um, You know, like I was saying prior to the clip, uh, it's just... It's a win for anybody that is um, fighting these um, basically unconstitutional charges in court. Um, you can follow word for word exactly what Pat King did and probably get your your charges thrown out. Now, keep in mind, um, they are trying to make examples of everybody that they have charged. So they are going to find ways around this. Uh, so if your court case is sooner rather than later, odds are this would work. Uh, if your court case is later, odds are they might find a way to stop any type of subpoenaing um, health officials for your particular case. Doesn't mean you're going to lose. It just means they're going to, they cheat is what I'm getting at. Uh, for any of you that have spent any amount of time in court, uh, I myself have a, uh, I was a bad driver through my teens and 20s and spent a lot of time in court. And uh, I've seen it all. I've seen... Uh, Police officers walk into court with written statements that were lies from start to finish to get a conviction. I've seen uh, uh, Crown prosecutors uh, basically try to smear you right in the courtroom to uh, sway the judge's uh, view of you. Um, I've seen it all. Um, and this is just on traffic charges. So with when it comes to something like this where the, the government is backing uh, Crown prosecutors to get these convictions, you know they're going to pull out every dirty trick in the book to try and get get you convicted. They want to be able to brag that they're getting people convicted and also keep in mind that it is the other side of our society, those that are 100% bought into the narrative that we're pushing for people uh, like you and me to get these charges. They saw us walking around without any of the masks or whatever it is you were doing, uh, get social gatherings, and they were the ones phoning the police and saying you got people that aren't obeying the new laws they are so completely oblivious to the fact that these are just acts they are not laws they are temporary uh highly illegal most of them so 
just keep in mind, like I said before, I'm not trying to take anything away from the victory that Pat King had. We just can't get overzealous and think that this is the win that it actually is. What we need to start doing is singling out each one of these um, elected employees and start slapping them each with either subpoenas or lawsuits for this stuff. Now, I, I realize that uh, you nor me has a spare $250,000 or kicking around to take something like that to the Supreme Court. That's why you always hear me say class actions. What I'd like to see would be crowdsourced class action lawsuits where multiple parties are involved and they challenge the government that way. Um, you basically could take the government all the way uh, through crowdsourcing because people would get behind you even if it was five bucks from every Canadian, you'd have enough money to, to fight it and fight it and peel it and fight it and fight it and tie it up. Anyway, it's very still, it's still, it's, it's a great thing to see. Uh, I, I, and absolutely loved hearing out every second of it. So it was all around positive news to see that everyday average Canadians can fight back and win small victories. Okay. What I want to do next is I want, I just keep going back across the pond because there's been a lot of confusion. Uh, we're starting to see the real numbers come out of, uh, you know, the jabbed or, you know, the double jabbed are actually the most at risk. We are, we've been talking about that. We've been talking about the warnings in previous shows. Um, there's a new article out now from the, uh, daily Ex expose, uh, which is a Britain basically uh, newspaper that covers, uh, you know, uh, their, remember their health, their top health official was flip-flopping back and forth. Uh, he basically came out and explained that 64% of uh, all the hospitalizations in the UK were double-vax people. And then he had to come out later and retract that statement and say, oh, sorry, no, it was unvaxed. But what they never actually did was explain why. He, he, like, he went on for a long time explaining why double-vax people are the ones. So it just didn't even make sense that he retracted that statement and said it was unvaccinated people. Well, there's a new article that basically covers even more of this, and the title reads, 64% of all COVID-19 deaths since February were people who had the COVID-19 injection. Now, this has one of those read-along things again, so we will uh, let it do the reading this time and, uh, and listen along. If it plays, these things always seem to have a little bit of a gap. A Public Health England report shows that people who'd had the COVID-19 injection make up 64% of all alleged COVID-19 deaths that have occurred since February 2021 in England. The report titled, SARS-CoV-2 Variants of Concern and Variants Under Investigation in England, is the 19th technical briefing on alleged variants of concern in the United Kingdom and makes for extremely interesting reading once you realize what the statistics are actually telling us. Fee have compiled a helpful table which shows the number of alleged confirmed Delta variant cases in the UK alongside the number of alleged deaths due to the variant. The table shows that since the 1st of February 2021 up to the 19th of July 2021 there have been 23,379 alleged confirmed cases of the Delta variant in people over the age of 50. Of these 10,993 had been confirmed in the previous 28 days alone. But the data shows that people over the age of 50 who are unvaccinated account for just 10% of the alleged confirmed COVID-19 cases, whilst those who had received a single dose more than 21 days prior to their confirmed infection account for 22% of the alleged confirmed cases. However, 57% of the alleged cases are people who had received two doses of a COVID-19 vaccine at least 21 days prior to their alleged confirmed COVID-19 infection. As you can see from the above table the number of people over 50 who are fully vaccinated with an alleged confirmed case of the Delta variant outnumber those who are unvaccinated by nearly 6 to 1, whilst the number of people over 50 who have had at least one dose of the COVID-19 jab and have an alleged confirmed case of the Delta variant outnumber those who are unvaccinated by more than 2 to 1. When the COVID-19 vaccines were given emergency use authorization the authorities did not have a clue as to whether they would work. The limited trials carried out only measured whether or not a vaccinated person suffered serious disease if infected with COVID-19, they did not measure whether a vaccinated person could still become infected with COVID-19, and they did not measure whether or not a vaccinated person could still spread the virus in line with the mainstream accepted germ theory. It is claimed that the vaccines reduce the chances of suffering serious illness if infected with COVID-19 significantly, 
So although a significantly higher amount of vaccinated over 50s have a confirmed case of the Delta variant compared to those who are unvaccinated, you would assume that the opposite would be seen in the number of people who have allegedly died to the Delta variant? Because the authorities have told us time and time again that the COVID-19 vaccines are our only route back to normal and we must come forward, roll up our sleeves and get the jab when called upon to do so. So the vaccines must surely do what they say on the tin? Unfortunately, it looks like instead of the COVID-19 injections being our route back to normal they are instead quite the opposite. Because the data published by Public Health England shows us that the number of alleged deaths due to the Delta variant are highest among those who had received two doses of the vaccine. Of the 460 alleged COVID-19 deaths to have occurred since the 1st of February, a huge 64% of them were people who had received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, which is allegedly supposed to protect them from serious illness. But the majority were not people who had only received one dose, 77% of those who had died even after at least one dose of the COVID-19 jab were in fact fully vaccinated, and a further 20.7% of those who'd had at least one dose had received their first dose at least 21 days prior to their death. The number of unvaccinated people to have allegedly died of the Delta variant accounted for just 35% of all alleged COVID-19 deaths according to FIDATA. We wonder if you were surprised as we were to see the majority of COVID-19 deaths are people who'd been vaccinated? Maybe it's a mistake, because the people who religiously watch BBC News, trust the government, and the WHO, wear a mask religiously, preach to others that there's nothing to worry about when it comes to taking an experimental injection because, science is just quicker now, and attempt to coerce others into getting the jab because, the Delta variant is really dangerous, can't all be wrong, can they? So, you know, we've we've done this before. Um, the reason I keep revisiting this is because the mainstream media is just trying so hard to to pretend that this didn't happen. Now, it's it's even higher in Israel. Um, the number is eighty. I believe it's at eighty four percent. It came out this morning on the Israeli news. There was translations of it, and basically what they were telling you was it was eighty. It's eighty four percent in Israel now are double jab people uh, in the hospital or dying. But the cool part about revisiting the UK, even with this flip-flop of their health minister, is the fact that the people have got access to the information. They know that now, because he's retracted his statement, he's lying. And uh, the biggest takeaway is um, this this one paragraph. Of the 460 alleged COVID-19 deaths to have occurred since the 1st of February, a huge 64% of them were people who had received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine, which is allegedly supposed to protect them from serious illness. But the majority were not people who had only received one dose. 77% of those who had died even after at least one dose of the COVID-19 jab were in fact fully vaccinated. 77% of the deaths in the UK since February 1st. 77%. It's higher than 64%. It's even more. So they're actually amazingly close to what Israel is saying now at 84%. And I bet you they're probably bang on. And I bet you both those countries are even higher. They're just, all the data isn't pouring in yet. So you're basically looking at an 80% margin of double vaccinated people dying across the pond. Now keep in mind, and I know I sound like a broken record, but this is coming here in the fall. Because we know, what do we know? We know COVID is seasonal. This is now just another human illness. It's going to follow the same pattern uh, that every uh, that every other illness does, and we have seasons where flus and colds, and you know, uh, cold is coronavirus. And if if the coronavirus even exists, it's going to follow that same pattern. So exactly what is happening in the UK uh, and in Israel right now is going to happen in the fall here. And you've had physicians uh, like people like Judy Mikovits that said uh, and and. Um, Oh, what's the other one? I always I forget her name now, but they've they've always said that uh, once these people get exposed to native strands of COVID-19, once they have their body creating the spike protein within their body, they're going to go into a type of cytokine storm. Your 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 body's going to start uh, basically panicking because it's getting double whammied. And your and your immune system is just going to completely overreact and start probably harming you. And that's, I, I would be willing to bet that is what is happening in this 77% in the UK and the 84% in Israel. 
just like Pat King said, we are not stupid people. We are actually paying more attention to the numbers. We're, we're digging to find this information and you guys are on, on the exact same page. We're paying attention to absolutely everything. As much as they're trying to hide it from us, we can still find it. And this information is there as long as you're willing to look for it. So my biggest concern is all of us now have loved ones that are double jabbed. And uh, I guess, you know, I said, I said at the start of the summer, enjoy your summer with your family, especially your job, double jab family, because there is a chance this fall that they could get very ill and even pass from the choice they made. And I hope that's not the, I hope that's not the case, but judging from the numbers that we're seeing from across the pond, uh, it's very likely we're, we're talking about a high percentages now, 77% and 84%, you know, 77% of those who had died even after at least one dose of the COVID-19 jab were in fact fully vaccinated. Like I just, I know I just got to keep repeating it because it just, it doesn't matter. Um, it's even to me and probably you, those of us that have been expecting this, these numbers are higher than we even, I could even uh, have, have expected. They, they, the mainstream media will know they cannot cover this up forever. You know, we're talking, we're, we're talking about a lot of deaths that could potentially be coming down the pike. And the reason I'm so adamant about this is because we're seeing it just because it's not in Canada and the U S right now, we're seeing it in the UK and, and Israel and, and other countries. I'm just focusing on the two because right now we've got the most info on those two countries. So it's just, it's craziness. It's absolutely craziness. I don't know how they can keep this narrative going. I guess, I guess they can just, they're going to do, we're seeing it in North America, how they're going to do it. They're already calling it an unvaccinated, uh, pandemic, but it's, it's the exact opposite. And just like we went through, um, you know, the information we went through in the last episode with Geert Vandenbosch, both play a role. You know, the, the actual mutated viruses are escaping the vaccinated and infecting the unvaccinated. But the odds are because you're, you haven't basically trained your body to just fight one specific illness when you're unvaccinated, your chances of actually recovering from it are fairly decent. You know, um, we just, just, just use the UK numbers. The number of unvaccinated people to, to have allegedly died of the Delta variant accounted for just 35% of all alleged COVID-19 deaths. So 35% as opposed to 77% in the double vaxxed. You made the right choice by not getting vaccinated, my friends. Because you upped your odds of survival when all these um, basically genetically modified variants start escaping all of these double vax people. And there's a very good chance unless you are on an ivermectin regiment, which is probably the only thing that's going to protect you from once these things start mutating. So <clears throat> scariness, yes, but by, by choosing to not drink the Kool-Aid, you have upped your odds of survival uh, tenfold, tenfold. So kudos, big pat on the back for everybody um, that has just fought this tooth and nail and knew that you were being lied to. Now, what I want to do next is just direct your attention to yet another medical professional that stood up in front of a, uh, I believe it was a, um, it's Edinburgh CISD board meetings. And this guy is just so well-spoken um, that it's worth, it's worth letting him repeat exactly what he told this board. And I'm just going to turn it over to him. Hello, board members. My name is Miguel Escobar. And first, I'd like to thank everybody who partakes in the district in giving your time for our children. I am a physician assistant, and I've worked in healthcare for over 15 years. I have been working in the Valley in cardiology at the hospitals for about three years. And right now I work in internal medicine and I also work with the border patrol uh, screening the immigrants that come in. So I've had firsthand experience with COVID, especially before anybody in the media knew about it because I have certain government clearance. So I'm here to talk about a lot of the misinformation that's out there. First of all, most people don't know in the general population the actual facts of what's going on with COVID, okay? Number one, because they don't know where to look for it because it's very complicated even for a medical professional. Number two, you may not have the time like most people here to actually dig in deep and see the facts that are out there. Number three, and the most important is that the government and many entities are actually censoring true factual information that I'm about to present to you. You can't find it. It's not out there. 
I understand that there, you might have some doctors on your board or doctors that come and help you out, but I can tell you one thing. If they're telling you something different than I'm about to tell you, they're either one, misinformed, and they're not looking in the right places. Two, they're straight up lying to you, and that would lead me to believe that who is paying you or who is influencing you to say these things. Number one, the case counts is absolutely obliterous. You could be run over by a car and you go into the ER, you say I'm short of breath because your blood is fully filling your lungs. And if they test you for COVID, you died of COVID, not a car accident. You could have known severe cardiovascular disease, which is what I'm partake in and you come in with an absolute 100% heart attack, but they test you for COVID. What did you die of? COVID. What just happened about two weeks ago? CDC is now telling all the laboratories to stop using the PCRs that we've been using this whole time because they cannot decipher between the flu and COVID. So we have to stop using them. That information alone should stop this whole ridiculousness, okay? Number two, the masks. What is the dirtiest spot on your body? It is your mouth. If I'm pretty sure no one here would sit there and smell their anus and their private parts all day because that seems disgusting. But your mouth is dirtier than your private parts. Why would you sniff the bacteria that comes out of your mouth all day long and force that on our children? That is wrong. That is psychologically affects them. And you're going to implore more infections on them. There are literally studies that I can prove to you that are on the CDC website that are randomized control studies that show that nor hand washing nor wearing surgical masks, especially anything less than that, actually prevents you from getting infected, whether if you're infected or you're trying to prevent an infection. I can sit here alone on that topic for at least three hours and talk to you about how that is so ridiculous. Let's get to the most important part because I'm very limited on time and I could sit here for hours and talk to you about this. The unvaccinated theory is nothing but BS, okay? Does anyone here know, especially the medical professionals here, that the CDC about a month and a half ago changed the requirement for hospitals and clinics to count a COVID case? If you are now vaccinated, you don't have to register that person as a COVID case if they have COVID. Even if they're in the hospital and dying of COVID, if they were vaccinated, you don't have to count that as a, as a COVID case. Why are people saying, oh, the, the unvaccinated are filling the hospitals? Because the CDC has literally changed that. So if you get COVID and you're vaccinated, you don't count into the pool of people that are vaccinated. Does anybody here know that? I doubt it. Do we also know of the change in the PCR test? No, I doubt that. So you're a board for education, not health. There's never been a study on social distancing or any of these ridiculous partitioners that are in between you. So you're telling me that you're safe to breathe, but we're not safe to breathe? Even on the CDC, after 15 minutes of being in the same room with somebody, you're breathing in the same air, okay? So let's get past this ridiculousness because it doesn't work. And then the vaccines, just a whole other nutshell case in itself. In six months, more people have died from this vaccine than in 20 years of every single vaccine given in America. Let that sink in. In six months. 12,000. And the VAERS reporting system, Harvard, who everyone should trust here, did a major study. And they found out that only 1% of all the adverse effects and deaths are actually reported. So imagine that. If 12,000 we know now have died, that's only 1%. 1%. What just came out last week that probably no one here knows because it's been censored. There was just now a lawsuit that went up against the CDC and the FDA because they found out that these pharmaceutical companies created their own adverse effects agencies where the reporting is happening there. And they found out that it seems now that in three days, over 45,000 people have died because of vaccine. I work with people who have COVID and not. I know more people that have died from the vaccine than that have died from COVID, okay? I can sit here and give you so much information that will boggle your brain. Now, it is not our duty here to figure out what is going on in this country. Why are we being misinformed, okay? That's not our duty. I could help you, but your duty is to focus on our children's education.
okay and the buildings and whatnot that you have said which is awesome that you take your pride in that not my child's vaccination status okay that is not your duty and you should be worried about people wanting to vaccinate their children when this has killed more children than has ever happened in any history of vaccines i have all this information and is readily accessible my email is miguel a escobar 55 at gmail.com miguel a escobar 55 at gmail.com i can provide you over a thousand pieces of literature especially over 300 showing that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin actually work because everyone that i have personally treated i know not one person in my section of family or friends that has been hospitalized or died so this whole craziness about the the unvaccinated no you can still get covid if you are vaccinated you can still spread covid if you are vaccinated that is a false statement if someone thinks that because you are vaccinated you are not going to spread this and the biggest one of all is that there is still no proof that a child has actually infected a teacher or caused a death in any school in the world. Why are we worried about our children? If you truly care about their safety and their wellness, then why hasn't anyone mentioned that children in 2020 increased their suicide rates by fivefold? Fivefold. You want to know why my 3K, 4K student isn't going to go to Edinburgh? Because your protocols. Because most of the people that I talk to, well, I'm also in the upper echelons. I'm a PA. I've lived here for long enough to know who, who runs around here. We don't want to put our children where you're going to wear, put these partitioners or wearing a mask. Or my kid's going to have to worry because he's touching and hugging his friend, which we've been doing the whole time. Why? Because I'm not going to sit at home on a on a TV screen making sure that my kid watches a screen when I don't even let him watch TV to begin with. Why are we going in reverse, people? I know everybody here probably partook in a chicken pox party like myself. I'm old enough to do that. Hey, it's okay. Let him let him get a little dirty. Why are we so scared of germs? Germs are what create immunity in the body. And what vaccines and medicine is trying to mimic in our bodies is the immune system. There is nothing stronger than our own immune system. But the school, if they really want to make a, a difference, and I can tell you this because I've served on many boards. I'm very active in the PA society, and I've been very active in politics my whole life. If you really want to make a difference, do what no one else is doing. Not one person at the CDC, FDA, or any of the AMA, you name it, I, DHR, none of them, STHS, nobody will sit here and tell the most unhealthiest city in America, voted twice now, okay? Hey, go exercise. Hey, focus on your eating. Hey, go outside, do something. Because the only way you're not going to get sick of COVID and the only way we're going to really help the community into lowering deaths of people that are going to die because they're unhealthy is to eat healthy and be healthy. And for our children, part of that is our social interactions. Our 3K, 4K completely depend on facial recognition and trusting a face that you can see, not a mass face. I would never put my child in that. And the people that I, I talk to thousands of people a day, and you can see my spirit here, okay? And believe me, I will let them know. Do not get vaccinated and don't put your child in something that's going to lower their education. It's going to lower everything about what's going on right now. We should not live in fear. If we start this with prayer, then you should know that God tells you don't live in fear. We're always going to live in infections. We're always going to live with diseases. The only way to get around that is live healthy, be healthy. So I implore you all. Please look at the facts. Don't go by what the media says because it's straight up lies. I can prove this to you 100%. I work in a facility 
at the Donna facilities. I work with children and adults all day long. We've seen over 70,000 people in tents that are like this, like this. Do you think people wear masks in there? Why do you think they don't want people to go in there with cameras? Because it would, sh it would put the whole pandemic to shame because no one's vaccinated, no one's wearing a mask. Everybody's pretty much sick because they're immune. Imagine people coming over for a month, their immune system is to the floor, but not one person has died of COVID. And just right now, another study that just came out by John Hopkins, John Hopkins just came out with a study with over 48,000 kids showing that no healthy child died of COVID, that the only children that died of COVID were the very severely ill, which most of those children can't even be in school. So get over the fear, the masks don't work. Okay, hug thy neighbor, love thy neighbor, and everything will be okay. God bless you all. I hope that you actually inquire to me because most doctors that I know have no idea what I'm talking about, and they do not know where to search for this information. I can so show you the randomized control trials if that's what you want. I can show you the evidence. I can give you affiliations to doctor groups that I'm part of that are actually suing companies and CDC and FDA to make a change. If you want to be the district that all the children go to, be the one that makes the change. Because I'm telling you, parents out there are, are starting to realize what's going on. And this is not a health board. This is a school board. God bless you all. And thank you so much for your time. So that is Miguel A. Escobar. Sorry, I don't think I mentioned that before. And uh, he killed it. He absolutely killed it. And you guys probably, those of you that listen to the show steady, probably know exactly why uh, I chose to <laughs> play his clip because he mentions chicken pock parties. And uh, he just goes through the facts. He just lays it out. He's such a well-spoken person. Uh, it was just worth repeating and hearing and uh, getting on the record because he just did so well uh, with absolute confidence. And I do have to say that he looks just like an Escobar. What your, what your uh, stereotypical thoughts when you think of like Pablo Escobar, this guy is legitimately like, he looks like that. He's got a nice big stash, long hair, just, yeah, all around wicked. Lo I loved everything about that testimony. So we are obviously over the hour. So this is where we will shut this one down. But um, it was a whole show of clips and it's just, it, it was basically a, a highlight of what, what's happening now that people are pushing back. And you even heard uh, Miguel say that um, people are now suing uh, companies. You know, that ties right into what we were talking about individuals and companies. So why not? Why not? I know, you know, like to, to fight this, this machine, we got to band together and we've got to fight it at every front. Otherwise, it's just going to steamroll us if we keep allowing this to happen. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff we didn't get to today that I wanted to cover. Um, one being the purging of the Canadian military. Um, it seems like all our top, top, basically patriotic, uh, military members have been purged from the Canadian military. And that is just troubling in so many ways. You know, they are prepping, um, government loyal, uh, members of the military rather than patriotic, um, and Canadian loyal members of the military, uh, for something. It's the same. It's just like the same old saying, if the government is trying to take your guns, they are planning on doing something that you would shoot them for. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the military. You know, your, your top echelons are guys that have fought through how many wars already? You know, they were in Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, all over the Middle East uh, on behalf of Canada. And now these are the guys at the top echelon that the Canadian government just purged. So it's scary but at the same time, what we are seeing from everyday average people fighting back is wins. We're seeing wins. So there's hope, my friends. There's hope. And it doesn't, it, you don't, you never discredit yourself from just being an average Canadian. You do not understand how much power you have. And it wasn't until the boot was on your face that you realized you had it. Anyway, my friends, if you want to reach out to me, <clears throat> you can find me on Facebook, LifeLog. Uh, at Canadian Patriot Radio, use the message button, uh, send me whatever you want. If you've got clips, uh, videos, or just want to say hello, feel free to use that. Uh, you can email me at CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. 
Um, you can use my personal favorite, which is the Telegram uh, room, and that is t.me uh, backslash Canadian Patriot Radio. And if you prefer websites, it is Canadian Patriot Radio. Uh, thank you, my friends, for tuning in again. And like always, it's your it's your guys's efforts that get the show out and heard by more people. So if you wouldn't mind sharing the show on any social media platform you deem appropriate, then by all means, please do. Until next time, my friends, with all thy sons, command. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.